Welcome to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number nine, and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. Today, I'm sitting down with Andrew Obrecht, one of the owners and co-founders of YYC Cycle, to share the journey of what it looks like to open up five spin studios in Alberta. Um, if you know me, spin is one of my favorite things to do. I spin three or four times a week, um, and I have worked for YYC Cycle for a few years now, so it's always exciting to share stories of people that I look up to and have worked alongside with. Um, Andrew shares what successful businesses should achieve, his advice for people wanting to start their own business, and how important building a community is. With that, here is Andrew Ulrich. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm sitting here with Andrew from YYC Cycle. Thank you for sitting down with me today. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm looking forward to having this conversation. I've heard you speak a couple times, um, but I'm excited to get into deeper questions and learn about running a business and your personal brand and everything. Um, so spin, I was actually looking when I was walking here. I think I started spinning in 2015. Um, and the first class I went to was yours. My sister worked at Little Lemon and she was like, you have to try spin, like come to this guy's class. It's going to be great. It, it was good. <laughs> it was a little bit, it was spin is hard the first time, but mm-hmm. it was fun. So I started spinning then and then it's come now I do social for YYC cycle, worked in the studio. So come along circle. Now we're sitting here together doing this podcast. So, um, let's jump right into it. So do you want to introduce yourself, um, and how you started YYC cycle? For sure. Yeah. So my name is Andrew Obrecht. I'm one of the co-founders of YYC cycle and YEG cycle now in uh, Edmonton. Uh, so it's been quite a journey for me and it started about six and a half years ago. I had just graduated from the University of Calgary and I was both a business grad and an ex-football player. So you wouldn't really predict a football player now to have uh, five studios uh, that teach spin. But back then, you know, I was finishing up university and at the time when I played football, the biggest that I was was 260 pounds. So definitely a different person back then. Uh, I'd been always active. and going to yoga and, and so on. And it was actually a couple owners from some yoga studios in town that were opening up the first spin concepts in Calgary in boutique fitness. And they approached me and asked me if I wanted to be an instructor. And at that point in time, you know, fitness to me, I hadn't done too many spin classes really kind of at the local gyms. And, you know, I didn't really necessarily love cardio. Uh, I know people at home are probably just nodding their heads right now, but uh, but I knew I needed it. I knew after football that football players either go one direction or another. Um, they start running triathlons or they start letting their lives get away from them and don't keep up with their fitness. And really at the end of the day, I thought to myself, there was nothing negative to happen from this. Uh, I loved motivating people. I loved coaching people. Uh, you know, connection was my jam and still is. And at the end of the day, I thought there was nothing negative to come from this. Uh, and so that really, that decision was the catalyst to where we are today. And I started teaching spin and started really loving what was happening in that room and, and that space. And the bike became just a platform to what happened in that room. Uh, in fact, I was talking with one of our first motivators ever, uh, Alex Troniak. Shout out to Alex Troniak out there. 
And uh, I was telling her that the whole experience of that bike, it wasn't even about the spin class. Uh, the bike provided a platform for connection and positivity and passion. And at the time, Alex just stopped me and she said, you got to write that down. That's like your mantra. And so fast forward in all our studios, you can see the message of we're not in the business of spin classes. Uh, we're in the business of connection and positivity and passion and ultimately happiness. Um, so fast forward from there, I started teaching and classes started filling up and I went through my own personal transformation and I wanted people to know that uh, the worst thing you can do is compare your first chapter to someone's fifth chapter or third chapter or fourth, whatever it might be, that I wanted people to feel connected. And so I started calling people that came to my classes the biker gang. And that really brought people together no matter what size or age or athletic ability they were, or skin color or sexual preference. Uh, it really just brought everybody together in that space. And now, fast forward, we have uh, with our five studios, everybody that comes and rides with us is the biker gang. So we've created that community. Um, and then from there, I really, really wanted to, um, to do this long term. And, at the time, I parted ways with the studios that I taught at, and I found out about two guys that wanted to get in touch with me, and those were my partners, uh, one of which, Grady, who's uh, still my amazing partner. And um, we came together, and you know they were in oil and gas, wanted to have a business together, saw spin becoming more popular, and uh, wanted to have a spin studio, but did not know how to teach spin, um, and had been a couple times. and. So we kind of came together and, and built this vision uh, from there. So it's been a wild ride, but that was the start of it. Wow. So what, what year was this that you opened? We opened up our first studio March 17th of 2014. So it's been about four and a half years now. That's crazy. So walk us through what it was like opening this spin studio. So you have this idea, you have the people, and now what was like the moment when you just like opened the doors in Kensington? Because that was your first studio. So what was that like? What was the journey up until that point? It was insane. Um, <laughs> first of all, you know, it was very important. We were kind of the second uh, boutique spin studios in the market. It was very important for me and for us to, to not just take what had already been done in the industry uh, or what I'd done before in other studios and the other studios that I was teaching at. So for me, number one, I really wanted to look for people that had no experience with teaching spin just like me that they were people that number one wanted to make a positive impact on other people's lives number two that fitness was an important part of their life whether or not they had it uh, or wanted to stay fit you know me I was 260 pounds um, so I wasn't the typical spin instructor but here I am today telling you that it was the best thing that ever happened to me uh, and three that there was this little feeling that those people uh, this whole journey would change something in their lives. And so, I mean, since then, we've trained 145 motivators, which is what we call our spin instructors, of which maybe 10 had any experience with group fitness training and six had experience with teaching spin. So for us, it was really important to find, just like the biker gang, uh, find motivators that were rooted in the values and the philosophies that we stand by. So that was really important to find the right people to be motivators. Second was creating a training structure. So our training uh, is a two-month training process. Everything is looked over from our medical director, Amy McKinnon, uh, who's worked with the Canadian Olympic team, uh, to ensure that 
all the movements that we're teaching in our classes are safe to the riders. And I think, you know, any studio has the obligation to their riders to make sure that what they're telling them to do in that class uh, is, is safe and won't create kind of long-term risk of injuries. And I think that's super important. Uh, that was super important for us from the beginning. And then the first day was crazy. Uh, I mean, you, you always think that things will happen on time and usually they don't. And, you know, everything from, I could go on forever, but everything from, we had our first class coming in and I was, I was sticking on bike numbers, you know, vinyl bike numbers on the bikes as people were coming in the door for those first classes. Uh, our first studio, the first few months, it was really hot in the studio and we didn't really know why and we were trying to figure out the air conditioning and then we brought in an electrician and they they brought us to the empty bay beside our studio which we were kind of curious about and he pointed to a wire hanging from the ceiling and he said do you know what this wire is and we had no idea and he said well this is the wire that should be attached to your thermostat <laughs> so uh, needless to say I have a lot of stories um, uh, with the same kind of theme but we've learned a lot and since day one it was uh, everything from internal with staff to the teams to competition uh, we've seen a lot but it was really exciting nonetheless to see the reception of Calgary and, and those first studios right that's crazy and that was like such a long time ago it goes by so fast because mm-hmm. so now you have five studios so what, what, is, what was it like uh, moving to Edmonton and opening in a new city where you're, you're in Calgary, you've been here, you know the people, you know it works here. So what was it like when you, when you went up to Edmonton? Because that was your third studio was in Edmonton. Yeah. So two here and then you opened one in Edmonton. Correct, yeah. And Edmonton, we had just continued to hear the mumblings that Edmonton was such a community-based city. And that really was us. So, you know, from our giver campaigns that we do to raise money for charity and so on, we knew that that was something that Edmonton um, was uh, was going to be really excited about. And for us there as a group and as an ownership group, we really wanted to highlight um, some Edmonton personalities and so on. So for our first studio, we did bring up um, some key people up there in Edmonton that really helped us build that studio up there and uh, some managers up there that knew local people and the Lululemon community and the fitness community in general. Um, Because, I mean, community and connection is everything, right? So we really, with all of our studios, we want to make sure that we focus on the community of where we're landing, right? We don't want to be a big organization that just uh, pushes brand presence. Um, We really want to get down and boots on the ground and make a difference in the communities that we're in. Um, And, you know, Edmonton, you know, some people were talking about that, you know, Edmonton, there's not lots to do. Now, that wasn't my opinion because I had traveled up from time to time to Edmonton. And I truly believe that if we gave this uh, secular space for people to go to, this kind of third, you know, uh, Howard Schultz talks about it a lot as far as kind of that third space with Starbucks. But, you know, we could really create this hub for community and connection. And we knew if we did it properly and really had the focus of creating a space that was based on connection and community and creating this happy space, not just a spin studio, uh, Edmonton would respond really well to it. And the Edmonton community is amazing up there. So we're very lucky for the, res- the response that we've gotten. Right. So if anyone's in Calgary and you want a road trip up, you should go spin Definitely. up in Edmonton. They have cool things up there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so what are the biggest lessons you've learned so far about owning and running your own business? Oh my gosh. Uh, this is, uh, again, we could fill up a whole hour of, <laughs> of lessons learned. Okay. Top three. But I think that, you know, one of, one of which, and then probably the most important is that, you know, your, your bottom line is your front line. So what I mean by that is that every single individual on your team represents your brand. And for us, the biggest, you know, as there's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that, that open up a business and they run it to a certain extent and then don't want to let go of certain responsibilities. And sometimes that means just trusting your people to do the right thing. And also trusting that if they don't do the right thing, that they'll learn from their mistakes and learning to celebrate the mistakes just as much as the, uh, you know, the successes that your team has. I think that's the most important thing. So number one is, is really trusting the team that you have around you, bringing on the best people and understanding that as a company grows, your brand is represented from the people that are at those front desks, the people that are in the room teaching the class and uh, super, super important to stay connected and make sure that you can elevate them as leaders and support them to be successful. Um, second of all is, is really creating connections. So for us, we have uh, you know over 300 people that are on our team and for us, it's really important on an internal cultural side, and we've done stuff with regards to pods, uh, which uh, you know we can touch on. But you know, pods that we group people together within our company that are all different uh, titles and responsibilities, and we really spend a lot of time getting our teams connected to each other because in a spin studio, it's pretty. Uh, I don't want to say transient, but you know, people are not there from nine to five. So how are your people connecting? and still being aligned with that vision. And that kind of brings me, maybe the third one is that we preach that it takes 99% alignment and 1% vision in our company. So if you think of having over 300 people with 300 visions, we wouldn't go anywhere quick. It's very important that we bring people on that are aligned with the vision of where we want to go. Uh, and make sure that there's 99% alignment, you know, to, to support individuals, to bring up great ideas of where we're going, but ultimately know where the ship is, is, uh, is heading. Right. And so, like you said, you have 300 people on your team. So what have you learned about yourself as a leader when you have to help them be successful? And I know you sit down one-on-one -on -one with lots of people. I remember when I had my first interview to work, you sit down, you share your story, like, what are you working towards? So what would you say has evolved in yourself as a leader over mm. those years? Uh, lots, and I still have lots to learn as a leader. Uh, and I constantly am trying to look at what great leaders are doing out, out there and how I can bring that to the team. But I think really it is uh, the entrepreneur's mindset to just solve problems all the time. and. A lot of entrepreneurs, when they start off their businesses, there's no way around it from being firefighters, you know, putting out these fires and what's going on day to day. And it really is that transition to start trusting the people around you and allowing them to take hold of certain operational um, responsibilities when your company. So we have a company, you know, of over 300 people. That's a lot of intelligent, creative minds that 
could come up with a lot of better ideas than I ever could alone. Right. So again, I think I've learned the most about myself that being able to delegate and support your leaders to just do that, lead and problem solve and create new ideas is the most important thing that I can continue to work on too so that you don't stagnate your growth. Right. Yeah. I feel like that's the hardest thing that anyone delegating is hard for everybody in every position. So yeah, for sure, we all need to work on that. Yeah. Um, and who who do you look up to as leaders? Uh, you said you're still working on that, and you look up to people. So who would be your your role models as leaders? Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting. I uh, you know I don't want to send people to a different podcast because yours is <laughs> <It's> amazing. <all> good. <laughs> But, you know, there's some out there that, you know, I dive into books so much and podcasts so much. And, you know, there's one out there called How I Built This. And uh, it really goes over the entrepreneur's journey, talking to the CEOs of some really, really great companies. But when I look at companies out there and uh, that I really admire, you know, um, there are some as far as like Zappos is one that, that has really created a unique uh, internal culture. And customer service model that's uh, that's been really, really successful and allows people to be creative within their roles and uh, have a balance within their life and so on. So I'll tell you what, I can't pick many individuals out there, but I have a lot of great people in my life that, that have been mentors along the way. And I'm always looking for insights with companies out there that are doing great things and challenging the status quo and being disruptive and, and also at the end of the day, creating an impact on the communities. I think that's so important to lead with that community focus um, that it's so much more than just the business. Right. Um, and what advice would you give people who are looking to start their own business, get out of their nine to five that they hate or they have an idea or a side hustle? What would you say to them to really harness that passion and make it into a business? Mm -hmm. Well, I think that, you know, owning a business is very shiny and exciting and so on. It can be really great when it's going well, but it can be very suffocating when it's not, you know. So number one, surrounding yourself with people that believe in the vision that you have, uh, because it's true when they say that people first ask you why you're doing something and then they ask you how you did it. I mean, when I talk about myself at a 260-pound ex-football player, then I turn into a spin instructor. You can only imagine what society would kind of think and question. And I mean, some of those people are the same people that want to meet up and go for coffee and ask about how I did it now, uh, which again, we're very far for, from our destination. but. Number one, finding people that support you in your vision. Uh, number two, make sure that you do your homework. Um, do your homework. You know, uh, again, there's a lot of things that come into play owning a business, and you gotta do your homework as far as numbers and so on, and uh, what your revenue model needs to be to be successful, because a lot of entrepreneurs wanna have a business, but they end up buying themselves a job. You know, and then all of a sudden, you're a slave to your business. There's a really good book out there called Scale, and it talks about that, kind of the levels of business, and you know, level one is you are a solopreneur, and if you don't work, if you're not at your office, if you're not at your studio, uh, then it's not gonna work, you know? You know, the business is not gonna make money. That second step is having people around you that, hey, you can take some days off, and the first year, you know, um, the partnership, you know, us as leaders, 
we didn't hire someone internally as far as working in the studio for a good 10 months. There was three of us and one of us would open up at 5.30 in the morning and stay until 1.30 and then have a mid-afternoon break. And then two of us would stay on at night and one would leave early and that was the person that would open up the next day. And we repeated that for 10 months until we hired someone on. So I think the understanding that, hey, you know, it's great to open a business. It's very exciting, but you got to do your homework so that you don't uh, have any surprises along the way. And uh, on top of that, I think, you know, there's a lot of great ideas out there and you got to have passion for what you do. You know, ultimately you have to have passion for what you do because that passion and that perseverance and that determination is going to allow you to have those late nights, is going to allow you to not give up, don't live out, you know, don't live in kind of a space of dogma of living by other people's expectations of what you should do or what businesses will be successful. You got to believe in what you do. And at the same time, you got to know when it might be time to move in a different direction. I think there's lots of people out there that end up sinking on the ship that they created. But being versatile and agile to see, okay, what is the current environment within your business and within the industry and see whether or not there might be an opportunity to pivot uh, or be creative, right? Don't get stuck within your mindset of what the business is because sometimes it evolves into something totally different. Right. And that's having self-awareness as well uh, to be able to, to look at it and grow whether it's your business or yourself and mm-hmm. do it at the same time. So how do you stay organized with your team? You teach spin, you work out, you do lots of things. So how do you stay organized and what does a typical day look like for you in that? That's uh, that's a great question and one that I continue to ask myself <laughs> how I stay organized. Uh, ultimately, I stay organized because of my leadership team the point in case. So it's it's finding people around me and leaders around me that can do things way better than me that I can offload, you know, some of those tasks to make sure that I can focus on what I do best and continue to evolve that obviously as I go. So I, I have a daily routine, you know, I'm up and working out at 6.45 in the morning, very important that I always have kind of workout routine, um, try to keep my eating on point to have a regular kind of sequence of routine there, but life's all about balance too. Uh, I just try to stay accountable and consistent in whatever I do. So number one, that's accountable and consistent within my classes. Uh, but not only that, but my word as far as my meetings and so on. And I think that that breeds a, uh, system of accountability and that I'm not only accountable to other people, but accountable to myself. It's also very important. I mean, I'm, I'm part of the entrepreneur organization, so I have my, my group of entrepreneurs that I connect with every single month, and we keep each other organized as far as setting monthly goals that we need to achieve and actually uh, putting costs or penalties on that that we put, you know, $100, $200 on things that we don't achieve. So you got to assemble a team. You have to assemble a team, not only a team that can support you with roles that you might not be the best at doing or shouldn't do, but also a team that supports you and keeps you accountable to to your goals. So very important to me to have that. Right. Um, And do you have like a, do you use a day planner? Do you have a calendar on your computer? Mm. What tool do you use to 
or to just rely on your yeah. people? <laughs> I, uh, I am so loyally obsessed with my iPhone calendar. I put everything in there, uh, even reminders to eat or not to eat in there. Uh, but everything's in my calendar and it's locked in and, and kind of usually 24, 48 hours before I look at what my next couple days are and prepare for my meetings and so on and make sure that I can uh, stay accountable to my, um, you know, whatever I have in my schedule. So yeah, that's the best thing that I have. And then I have a notebook that I always write down my notes and thoughts and so on in that helps me out too. Right. Okay, and so YYC and YG Cycles motto is you kind of touched on it at the beginning that we're you're not in the business of spin, you're in the business of happiness. So what does that mean for a spin studio? How do you describe it to people when they, they walk in the doors and you're like, you're not really here for spin, you're here for happiness <laughs> and all the other words that are in the motto. Yeah, I love that. And it and it's great because sometimes I you know, people ask me uh, if spin's a fad or you know, and, and I always say, Well, you know, it would be if I was in if we actually were in the business of spin classes, but we're not. Um, so really at the end of the day, it's, and I encourage entrepreneurs with whatever business that they have to look at what is the actual meaning? Like, what are you actually solving in the world? You know, there's, uh, it, it's really interesting to look at businesses out there and what's, what ends up kind of being successful with businesses. And really you look at some of the biggest businesses out there and there's kind of three main things that those businesses do. And if they have even one out of the three, they can be very successful. And one is that they you know, they solve a need. Uh, two is that they help overcome a fear. And then three is that they celebrate a victory. So for us, you know, getting back to, to your question, um, you know, for us, it's, it, it, we always talk about people, you know, facing a hard battle outside those doors. Like when you talk about this really big movement on mental health that like trying to eliminate the stigma of mental health I think that's so important and I think that's still something that we are very passionate at within our studios and we believe that you know everybody's fighting a hard battle outside those doors and a battle that we have no idea about and I love the fact that people can come in and come into those change rooms and take off their whether or not it's their suit and tie because they're a CEO or they're scrubs because they're a doctor or a nurse uh, or their hard hat because they're a construction worker and put on workout clothes, you know, and everybody in that room is, is level, is an even playing field. We're all together as a biker gang and that space really just creates that opportunity for some to disconnect, for some to connect for some to meditate, even though it's like a nightclub in there. Um, but really at the end of the day, we preach the fact that, that we are all inclusive to everybody because life's tough, like life's tough. And I think that although social media is really great to stay connected to the world, we more and more lack that human connection. And I think that's really what we promote and provide within our studios. Right. And it's amazing. For the people that haven't been, that's why you go once and you get, you become addicted to it and you want to be a part of that community. Um, and so people who are listening that haven't been to spin, um, and lots of people I know, I'm sure you hear it, that they're saying, I'm too intimidated. I don't want to go because all the people know what they're doing and I don't want to be the one person out. So you kind of touched on it that we're all equal, but how do you, what do you tell those people that... Um, 
are too intimidated to walk through the door. Yeah, so I mean, to kind of visualize it for any of you guys listening, you know, for us, it's uh, when you walk into that room, I mean, you can see on our Instagram accounts, YYC Cycle or YEG Cycle on Instagram, it's a dark room, we've got nightclub lighting system, nightclub sound system, and really you can kind of just escape into that space. There's really no need to be afraid of judgment or having this bright room that everybody can see everything going on. Um, but we really provide that safe space in the studio. Second to that is that we have a highly trained team of, of uh, crew up at the front uh, and key leaders up at the front that will walk you through your first experience. So when you come in, they'll give you your shoes, they'll show you how you sign up for a bike, they'll walk you around the studio, show you how to lock up your lockers. And then once you get into the room, they'll set you up on the bike to make sure that you feel safe, secure, and, and, uh, and ready to go for the class. And then prior to the class, all of our motivators go over moves on the bike and what that looks like, but also give alternatives that you know, we have plenty of people that come into their first couple classes and they might not even stand up out of the seat and that's totally okay. You know, I think that just stepping foot through that door is an accomplishment, right? Um, so yeah, we, we provide a, a pretty um, great environment to kind of walk people through their first times. and. I mean, most of the motivators at the beginning of the class get people to introduce themselves to you. So all of a sudden you're meeting maybe someone that you create a friendship with or, you know, hey, we have some stories. It's not a, it's not a dating platform, but we have some <laughs> stories of people, you know, meeting their best friends or meeting their boyfriends or meeting their fiancés or husbands or wives. And uh, there's a lot of amazing stories that happen in that room. But really, you know, the most intimidating thing is taking a step through that front door. But as soon as that happens... Our team is amazing at walking people through that process. Totally. When you have to, when you're spinning, you're like, oh, this is so hard. Like you just have to remember that the person next to you is feeling exactly the same way. Yeah. That it's hard. We have to sweat, but we'll all get through it. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so you have lots of people on your team. You have Instagram. You have Slack. We have all these notifications. I remember when you first got your Apple Watch, and I was like. Seems, <laughs> seems like a bad idea. Yeah. So what do you do to relax and disconnect from, from everything? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I, I, um, I'm a bad culprit with, with not taking time off and not taking time to relax. But honestly, you know, that space and that platform in that room, for me, teaching spin really is my meditation, as crazy as that sounds. That's when I'm in my flow state, you know? So I always have to, on a weekly basis, get up on that bike and teach, and it really fills me up, that connection with everybody. And, you know, outside of that, it is creating those boundaries, and I think it's something that I continue to learn, creating those boundaries where, you know, at night after a certain time, I can't be reached, or I put down my phone and, uh, and disconnect that way. But um, me, I continue to find the opportunities to do so. I think recently I discovered the Calm app and I've been practicing meditation uh, as much as I can, which is really, really important, I think, for any entrepreneur out there. And, you know, there's little life hacks as far as um, on my phone and on my watch, I turn off all my notifications. So yes, things can pop up onto my phone, but it's not going to vibrate or it's not going to make a sound. I felt like the first couple of years I became a slave to my devices and whether or not my phone was on like in my pocket, 
uh, it would just be vibrating every three minutes. I mean, you and I are sitting here and my phone's on the table and I can already see that, you know, I have uh, plenty of messages, but at least I'm in control of when I see it. I don't have that phone shouting at me. And I think that's definitely a practice I want to continue to grow is, is uh, finding that balance of shutting off. Right. Yeah. Everyone, I think, needs to take that into consideration for, for their sure. life with their phone. Um, so you have the Spin Studio, and as you've built this, you've also developed your personal brand. And we kind of touched on this before we started this podcast. Um, so what has it been like growing your personal brand, and how have you really cultivated that alongside YYC Cycle? Mm-hmm. It's really amazing, uh, you know, even to the point that we talked about that our, you know, our people, they are our brand you know so i think it's and people are very great at seeing whether or not something's authentic or not so i think it's really deciding on what your values are and for me i am so much of what yyc and yg and you know is i feel like uh, i represent that in in my life and you know so do my so does my partner grady and so does the leadership team and the whole team underneath that of 300 people but me personally, you know, it's been an exciting opportunity to work with different companies out there. And I think it's, again, being mindful of what your brand is, you know, and, and knowing that it's worth something. In fact, it's taking your whole life to build. And just like reputation, it can take a moment uh, in time to be destroyed. So I think it's looking at what's really important to you, what your brand values as a person, uh, what they are and I've had you know I've had a great opportunity to work with uh, Lululemon originally was my first step into being an influencer and ambassador and now for the last three and a half years working with Sporting Life uh, and then a little uh, some stints with companies like Sleep Country and so on but uh, you know I've, I've had companies that have reached out who have you know uh, a low calorie alcohol drink or uh, energy drinks or you know clothing for it kind of you know I, I don't name names but you know clothing that looked like I could go on a safari with it kind of thing <laughs> um, but so it's really interesting it's very tempting to look at what's shiny and and getting stuff or being able to work with brands but you need to make sure that not only the brands that you work with align with your core values and your philosophies as a person but also on the alternate side making sure that those companies represent your values as well uh, because there's some companies out there that you know such as alcohol companies and sorry for all the alcohol companies that are uh, <laughs> out there that this might be ruining my chances with yeah, you don't guys. email Andrew <laughs> but uh, you know yes like I love you know I love a great glass of wine um, you know or a good old fashioned from time to time but for me it's it, it's inauthentic for me to finish a spin class and go onto my Instagram and talk about uh, the wine or the drink that I'm having right after class right, right. <laughs> not like it's never going to show up that I'm having a great time and having a glass of wine but um, if you get what I mean, it's very yeah. important to alignment is so important with the brands that you work with. Right. Well, cause you're representing yourself, but you're also representing your spin studio. For sure. So you have to keep that in mind that yeah. it's not just you, it's a bigger entity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so last question, what tool, resource, or life hack can you recommend to listeners? I know throughout this whole thing, you've given books and podcasts, but what would be a, like a number one that they should invest their time in? 
Love that. Uh, I definitely have some that I'm currently, uh, you know, again, I'll listen to podcasts all the time and, and, and so on and, and books. But I think as far as podcasts go, one other than this podcast that I really love, <laughs> uh, definitely check out if you're an entrepreneur is how I built this, uh, which is really, really great. And if you're looking to start up a business, there's a few really great books out there. Uh, and one of which is called Scaling Up. That's by Vern Harnish. Uh, the second that I usually recommend to people is Scale by Jeff Hoffman. And uh, the third kind of looking at some growth strategies and marketing strategies is called Growth Hacker Marketing by Ryan Holiday. I just finished reading that book. It's amazing. Isn't it, it is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, and it talks about how companies, uh, you know, created strategies to not um, spend lots of money, but create virality and demand for their products for their services. And so that was a really uh, that was a really great one as well. Now, if you're in a business or if you're growing a business that you're gonna, you know, grow teams and you have people underneath you and so on. One of the best books that I've had for that is called The Coaching Habit. And that's, uh, I think it's Michael Stanier. Um, and that's a really, really great one. It's, it's kind of the entrepreneur's uh, sickness that we just want to jump in and fix everything. But sometimes it's more important that we just ask the right questions. And that's one that's really great if you're planning, any entrepreneurs out there planning to build a team. Awesome. Everyone just head to chapters and yeah. grab some books. Wow. <laughs> um, and where can people find you personally and for Spin Studios? Sure, yeah. So our Spin Studios, you can find, best way to do it is jump on Instagram and go to yegcycle dot, or yegcycle. Uh, and website's yegcycle.com. Uh, and then YYC Cycle on Instagram. And then me personally is just my first name, Andrew underscore Obrecht, O-B-R-E-C-H-T. Cool. We'll link all of that below. Great. Thank you for taking time to share your story and advice. Um, that, is, that is it. So thank you. Thanks a lot.